1: Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we get together every weekday at this time to, once again, go into God's Word. So we just, again, want to welcome you to Tuesday's edition, and I think you'll really enjoy it today. We have with us John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South Orange County. Hi and welcome,
2: John. Hey, Mike. Great to be back here with you on this Tuesday.
1: We always take this time. We set it aside. If you've been reading your Bible, somebody's asked you a question. We want to be here for you to help you do a better job for our King. And so we'll try to give you the very best. Well, what the answer, what the Bible really says about that particular topic. And so again, if you want to be part of the program today, got some lines open, 88, 88, ask
2: CSN. You can be
1: part of the program. John, what's going on down in South Oak, Orange
2: County? Well, uh, it actually is Taco Tuesday here today. One of the local Christian schools that we serve alongside of brought us a taco man. And so today at lunch, everybody got to have tacos. So that was exciting. But on a more serious note, uh, you know, this week we've got a uh, couple's dinner coming up for all those. Hey, listen, folks, if you're listening, you know, Valentine's is right around the corner. So make sure that you uh, remember that. So there's a lot of exciting things, Mike, on the horizon, just serving the Lord, loving him, going through the word. Amen. So
1: so important as we look at those things. So um well, let's go ahead and move to the phones. All we right. have Melissa on the line in Oregon. Hi and welcome.
3: According to Deuteronomy, the Israelites weren't supposed to contact the dead, but in first Samuel, Saul did contact the dead. Uh he wanted to reach out to Samuel. Yes. And the Bible confirmed that Samuel did appear to Saul in first Samuel chapter 15 verse thirty five yes, and so I feel that's a little contradictory. Can you clear that up because sure
1: I- um, uh, first of all, he went to the witch at Endor um it's interesting be witch's mother, if you remember the old TV series. Her mother was named Endora. Something to just think about. Anyway, he went to the witch of Endor because God wouldn't talk to him anymore. He shined on God so much that God just finally said, I'm done with you. And so we find then that he goes to the witch of Endor— And uh, what do you want me to do? I want you to, you know, bring Samuel up for me. Well, when she saw Samuel, she screamed. Now, I believe that this was because by nature and all, this never happened. And when she actually, this actually happened. But the message that Samuel delivered to him, and the Bible does say it was Samuel. Uh, The message that she delivered to him was not good. It says, tomorrow you'll be with me, literally in the place of the dead. Now, we remember that that place of the dead, Sheol, was divided into two parts. Those that died in faith, Abraham's bosom side, and then also the place of torment, waiting the great white throne judgment. Jesus talked about this concerning the rich man and Lazarus. And so uh it's not really a contradiction. Uh, they was told not to, but Sa- Saul was doing a lot of things contrary to the Spirit of God. He went all over the nation, building monuments to himself.
2: Wow, what an egomaniac. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I think the question is, is it possible that Samuel appeared? And you read it, and it says he showed up. I, I don't know if the Lord just allowed it. Uh, yeah, I think Samuel.
1: that's what happened.
2: You know, he just allowed it. To, I mean, Saul was so far away from the Lord, Melissa. He had backslidden so hard. I mean, this guy had done everything the opposite of what God had told him to do, disobedience after disobedience. And he was the one that even banned all of these mediums and sorcerers, which is what they were supposed to do. But then he was so far from the Lord that he ends up going and seeking to to get a hold of Samuel. Because again, as as Mike said, God wasn't speaking to him anymore. And God allowed Saul to really to have some kind of a sign supernaturally that showed um, your days are numbered. And sure enough, Samuel, what Samuel prophesied did come to pass because Saul was going to die on the mountains of Gilboa alongside of his sons right after that. Why did God allow that? I, I don't know, other than it just says he allowed it to happen in in order to be a sign to, to Saul on that particular day. So
1: I hope that answers it for you, Melissa.
3: It does. It just was concerning because of people that do seek tarot cards and mediums. They use mm-hmm. this verse as validation to to reach out to spirits, even though our Bible clearly tells us not to do that. But it just is kind of concerning that I wanted to see if, if it was actually Samuel or in another spirit.
1: No, I believe it's, it says it was Samuel. I, I know there's people come along, oh no, that really was, well, then you're changing God's word. It clearly says it was Samuel. And I believe God just allowed that to happen. And the message that Saul got was not that of, oh, you're going to have a great victory tomorrow. It's that tomorrow you'll be with me. You'll be in the place of the dead. And so when, when uh, we understand that is, uh, I think it was just God's way of of uh, the final rebuke for for uh, uh Saul. Um and so uh you know really Melissa that's about what we can say about it. Uh, it says it was uh Samuel we know it was prohibited. We know that Samuel or uh, uh, Saul did it anyway. God allowed Saul to Samuel to go back and tell Saul you're done. And so, uh, I think it's interesting that, um, something that was already, already all along. We remember he, so to speak, some people believe that he, he said that he fell on his sword and he asked a Amalekite to finish him off. If you remember way back, God told through Samuel, uh, Saul, go kill, utterly wipe out all the Amalekites. Don't leave any of them alive. And so we remember that he brought back the king, some of the Amalekites escaped, only to find in the end that uh, the Amalekite killed him. I look at it like this. Either you kill your enemies as God outlines them, those things in our life that will destroy us, or they'll destroy you down the road. Yeah,
2: you know, Mike. Listen. One of the things I wanted to yeah, mention to Melissa was, Melissa. You know, you you bring up a valid point, and I think if you're a listener today, don't don't get caught up and in, in you know whether it's tarot cards, whether it's these readings and so forth, because there are lying spirits out there. The child of God has no business reading the horoscope, going to this thing, going to a medium, and, and anything like that. This is not a proof text that validates such. Practices. God doesn't want us involved in those kinds of things. And he made it clear. He already said that to his people. And there are plenty of other scriptures which condemn and prohibit those kinds of practices. Again, Saul was not seeking the Lord. God allowed um, this to happen to confirm the judgment that was coming upon him. But as Christians today, Mike, we don't, we don't want anything to do with those evil things because there are real demonic spirits that seek to lie. And, um, doctrines of demons, the Bible calls them. And so we have to be aware of that. And if you stay in the truth, you won't get, uh, you know, tripped up by lies.
1: Amen. Melissa, I hope that helps. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. And thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Alicia in Tampa, Florida. Hi, and welcome.
3: Hi, how are
0: you?
1: Good. How may we help? And
0: it's, oh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I enjoy your program, but this is what I want to know, is I know that frequently on the program I hear you address uh, churches or congregations about their belief in Michael the Archangel. And what I wanted to know is if you are aware that there is another church that teaches that Yeshua or Jesus is Michael the Archangel.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of cults out there that teach all kinds of things. And you'll find something universal with most cults, and that is this. One, that Jesus Christ is not God. And number two, there is no eternal hell. Those are two eye marks of a cult. Now, Jesus spoke 11 times about hell in the Gospels. We also find that Jesus is not Michael the archangel. He is God. We find this found in John eight fifty eight. Jesus said before, Abraham was, I am. The word I am in the Greek is ego amini. It is the same I am that Moses talked to in the burning bush. Now people say, well, so what? Well, if you read the next verse, John eight fifty nine, and they picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because claiming to be God was a capital offense. It required your death uh, because of what you did. And so when we understand that the cults always goof up who Jesus Christ is, the Mormons say that Satan and Jesus are brothers. Completely wrong. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Then when we look at the Middle Eastern religions, uh, I'm Jesus, you're Jesus, we're all Jesus's. let's all just groove together. Then you look at the other occults out there. Well, Jesus was just one of the greats. There was Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, you know, Zeus, Hermes. No, no, no. Jesus was God. That's why it says that in Matthew chapter 1 in your Bible. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. That's what and that's who Jesus Christ is. He's not Michael the archangel. And so this is one of the great problems that we find, and the Jehovah's Witnesses popularized this idea, but of course it's not true. Jesus Christ is God, and that sticks in the craw of almost every single cult that's out there. John, your thoughts?
2: Well, I want to give a shout out there to Alicia in Tampa, Florida. Alicia, I pastored in Brandon, Florida, Calvary Chapel Brandon, shout out there for um a decade. So God bless you out there in Florida and uh, hope, hope all things are well. But concerning Michael, the archangel, he's described in the Bible in the books of Daniel, the book of Jude, and also the book of Revelation. What's interesting about him is he's a warrior angel. There's only two angels in the Bible that are actually named, Michael, the archangel, and of course, Gabriel and, and the word archangel means angel of the highest ranking. So in some way, Michael, he is battling, he is fighting, and there are different times when you see him show up and mentioned in scripture. Uh, Jude, for example, talks about Michael the archangel contending with the devil. Jesus doesn't have to contend with the devil. He already defeated the devil. So you know, that's not Jesus. That's Michael. And, and he's disputing over the body of Moses and he rebukes the devil saying, the Lord rebuke you. Um, Daniel sees Michael, the archangel as the great prince who protects your people, Daniel chapter 12, verse one. So you see this guy showing up, this created being, this angelic warrior angel shows up in different places. You find in the last thing, uh, revelation 12, seven, it says that war breaks out in heaven and Michael. And the angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So in some way, he is battling. He is a warrior angel, but he's not Jesus. He's separate from Jesus. He is a created being. He is not the creator. Jesus is the creator. I hope that helps.
0: Yes, and if you know what, I, I, I don't mean to be pushy about any subject, or and I'm not normally a person that calls out a denomination. In fact, I don't even like the word because— Christians should be united and not divided, but it's a Seventh Day Adventist because I had toyed with the. I went there as a guest, and um, they they didn't practice what they were preaching. They were sending mixed messages. And mm-hmm. if you can't, like you say, Pastor Mike, if you're not, you can't be backed up by scripture. I'm not buying.
1: Yeah and you can't back that one up with with scripture. Uh and I this is the first that I've heard that they believe that uh uh that uh, Jesus is Michael the archangel. But here's what we have to understand. Um I think as this all goes along, uh we want to draw closer and closer to God's word. And I think those that are adding to God's word are going to continue to add and get farther and farther away. And I believe this is one of the great problems that we find, uh, in this. But the Bible clearly says that Jesus Christ is God. And, uh, this is why they picked up stones to stone him again, because he was claiming to be God. Uh, so, uh, you know, the cults are going to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, you know, they, the, the seven day Adventists, I've, I've met some that I believe are genuinely Christians. Uh, but if you really get into the teachings of Ellen G. White, their prophetess, uh, some of the kookiest stuff you'll ever hear. Worshipping on Sunday is the mark of the beast. No, it's not. It says it's, it's a mark on your hand or on your forehead. Well, that's what you think and that's what you do. They add to God's word to change it. No, in the Greek, it means to like a mark upon you, a tattooed mark on you, on your hand or on your forehead, a mark, a name or a number, and without it, you cannot buy or sell during the tribulation period. I think of the poor people that this doctrine has misled, thinking, well, as long as I don't worship on Sunday during the tribulation period, I can take the mark or whatever else as long as I don't worship on Sunday. That's false teaching. There's no way around it. Now, again, I don't, I'm not angry with anybody that's a Mormon or a 7th Day Adventist or or a Jehovah's Witness. Where I get angry is at the hierarchy of these organizations that know what they're doing. They know they're changing God's word. It's like the seven or the Jehovah's Witnesses rewriting the New World version in 2013 with 10% less words in it than the 2012 version. And the thing is, somebody in the higher Echelon know that, hey, let's modify it some more. They know what they're doing. But see, this is one of the great problems. And you get into the hierarchy of any of these cults. They know that it's about nickels and noses, money and, 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 and members. So I really have a lot of trouble with that, uh, Alicia. And, and we have to understand that I believe this is, uh, this is indicative of the time in which we live. Mm-hmm. So. I hope that helps. It did very much. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. Stay line. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs, a little book called Time to Grow. Great book for just general church doctrine. You'll really enjoy that. Let's go to Bob. Lahaina, Hawaii. Aloha. Hello. How may can we help? Can
4: you hear me, Pastor? Yes, we can. Well, I've been a little confused. Um you know, all the stuff that's going around about the vaccine and the booster, you know, and I understand that our current president is an idiot. There's no doubt in my mind at all about that.
1: Well, wait till the State of the Union uh, message tonight. Talk about lipstick on a pig. That's what you're going to find concerning the border crisis, concerning uh, this balloon. That was finally shot down actually after it left American airspace after it had passed past uh, South Carolina. Why wasn't it shot down when it first entered airspace over Alaska? No one knows why. But one thing we do know, according to Hunter Biden's laptop, the big man, Joe Biden, this is in Hunter Biden's laptop, gets money from China. Well, maybe that would explain why he didn't shoot down their balloon. Things that make you go, hmm. And meanwhile, he's going to talk about other things, probably guns, probably uh, how wonderful the economy is. Well, friends, it isn't good. We have the highest inflation since 1948. And very, very important here. We have to understand this. Oh, we can't have one more death by guns. Not one more. And this is the way the Communist Party works within America through the Democrats. The bleeding heart liberal. Never mind 150 people a day, citizens of the United States, die of fentanyl overdose. Imagine if that was in the paper every single day, 150 people were gunned down in a mall. Oh, you would have them screaming in the streets. No, 150 People a day die of fentanyl that's coming across the backs of illegal aliens coming into our country on the southern border. This is fact. This isn't made up. This is not conspiracy theory. They know this. Over uh, just about 55,000 people a year are dying of fentanyl. Not of gunshot wounds. No, a fentanyl that they could fix. But no, they want to do the bleeding heart liberal because they want to disarm you, America, because of what they're going to do to you in the future. And I guarantee you, you're not going to like it. If they really cared about people and one single death, they would have shut that southern border down a long time ago. But no, the drugs just keep pouring across. No lipstick on the pig tonight. Boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be a song and dance. Why this satellite was not shot down until it had completely photographed almost all of our nuclear sites, three of the major ones. And then finally, as it left South Carolina's airspace, they finally shot it down. Why would you do this? Oh, well, it was happening in previous administrations. They lied to the American public. Nobody in the previous administration, Trump's administration, knew anything about These floating balloon satellites. This again is a manufactured lie by the Biden administration. Friends, don't believe anything they tell you. They are liars and the bleeding heart liberal. Not one more gun death. Well, why don't you start with the border? 150 Americans die every day because of fentanyl. 50, almost 55,000. A year are dead because of fentanyl. Comes across our border and they're not doing nothing to even slow it down. Nope, we need a lot of lipstick on this one, don't we? Well, I hope that helps. Now, going back, Bob. Yeah, go ahead.
4: It's kind of minor (laughs) compared to all the other things, but you know, Paul makes it really clear in Romans 13 that we're to submit to the leaders because God put them there. And I struggle when you've got an idiot saying these kind of things, telling people, take the vaccine, do the booster. You know, my wife's 69, I'm 70. And I'm like, and God's telling me I'm supposed to listen to him? Because when Paul was saying this, Nero was in charge. And he him and Biden are pretty close to being idiots and cool to people. But it's confusing to me at times. And How do you put that to bed so you can understand
1: it better. Well, we have to understand that we are to render to Caesar what Caesar and God the things that are gods. One of the things here the Bible tells us is to obey, but we have to also understand uh what's really going on here. We all I I I the last two elections were completely cheated. We know that. We proved it here at CSN. The American news media is completely lying to the American public. We have people that called in here. We have their names. We have their addresses where they got nine mail-in ballots, but there's only three people in the home. That's cheating, friends. Another guy, he brought his mail-in ballot. He decided to vote in person. Rather than them tearing up the ballot, they carefully laid it aside for future use. How many more votes do we need? Oh, 50,000? coming right up and the mail-in ballots are the avenue. Now the choice of cheating by the democratic party. Now, listen, when we look at what really happened in Arizona with Kerry Lake, um, where people could not vote, they, they deliberately kept certain districts who were very Republican from ability to vote. We know it was cheated, but why is it that no judge in America will hear it? Because once it's established, they know they're not going to be able to hide it anymore. And this is one, see, if it was, if it was all a hoax, oh, there's no such thing as, as, uh, you know, election fraud, then okay, judge, bring it forth. We'll, we'll put it to bed. They won't do that because they know it's true. And again, we proved it here at CSN. And again, when you have these big American news broadcasting networks lying through their teeth to the American public, all I can say is more lipstick is needed on the pig on this one, because here's why. They know it was cheated. We know it was cheated. We have people who who have told us, they said, "We'll we'll sign an affidavit. We'll do whatever you want us to do. When you get nine ballots in your mailbox in a heavy Democratic area, what does that tell you? They're advertising for cheating. And friends, there is no excuse for it. I believe it should be one person, one vote, in person, no more of this mail-in gobbledygook stuff where you can cheat your way into the stratosphere. There was a movie out called 2,000 Mules, and if you have a chance to watch that, it's really amazing how they pulled off a lot of the cheating in the previous election. Well, I don't believe this last one was any different, and I don't believe we're really going to see any remedy. Remember, their fair-haired child, yes, the poster child of the Democratic Party, Joseph Stalin, said it doesn't matter who votes and who counts the votes. And that's exactly what we run into now with all this stuff. And again, be careful when they're appealing to your motions, not one more gun death, we're going to take away everybody's gun but no, will they stop the drugs? (laughs) No way. No way, everybody. They got big plans for America down the road, and it doesn't include freedom, guaranteed. Bob, um, what do we do about that? Your thoughts?
2: Well, I'll tell you, Bob, I appreciate your question. And I want to say that we do have a responsibility as good citizens to obey those who are over us. That is uh, the law enforcement, et cetera. We should be the best citizens that there are uh, as believers. I do believe that. However, when those who are supposed to be protecting us from evil are the perpetrators of evil, there comes an opportunity and a time when we have to stand in opposition to those things. And I think we're seeing it right now. Um, you have the freedom, you have the liberty not to take the vaccine and I would encourage many people no don't take it. In light of all of the studies that are coming out now, um, I, I think it would be unwise and foolish to put that into your body in light of the fact that 25-year-olds and even 15-year-olds are dying of cardiac arrest. <laughs> Think before you allow somebody to put something in your arm. But more than that, we have a responsibility to be obedient to God. When our governor here in California says, hey, listen, we're an abortion state, We're a, we're a sanctuary state for death, we stand against that. We oppose that. We oppose it with our vote, Um, We pay our taxes and they're supposed to be working for us. So we stand in opposition, not, not, in an ungodly way but a godly way we stand for what's going on in the school boards as they're trying to um groom our children with indoctrinate them we should we're not good citizens bob if we don't stand against what is evil all all, all the evil needs to prosper is for good men and women to do nothing well if we're going to be citizens good citizens then we're going to stand for what's right
1: amen and uh, unfortunately for many Christians, they've done nothing so long that nothing is now the normal. And if you try to do something, well, then you're a radical extremist, or what are you talking about politics for? Well, again, in the Old Testament, New Testament, everybody, all those Old Testament prophets talked about it.
5: Coming up on a break, we'll be if right you back. you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to. Find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-90-SHARE. Share, that's 83390, share, 83390, share. Does the Bible seem too big, complicated, and overwhelming? There's a free Bible
4: resource that's been around for more than 25 years and is used and trusted by millions worldwide. The Enduring Word Bible Commentary by David Guzik is a clear and simple way for everyday Christians and even seasoned Bible teachers to study God's Word. David's commentary not only breaks down the entire Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse, it also provides helpful quotes from well-known Bible expositors. Throughout history. The commentary has also been translated into many languages, including Spanish, Arabic, Chinese, and more. Find the Enduring Word Bible commentary as well as a free, downloadable ebook called The King's Kingdom. A deeper look at the Sermon on the Mount by David Guzik at EnduringWord.com forward slash CSN. That's enduringword.com forward slash CSN.
1: Back to part two of to Every Man and Answer on this Tuesday afternoon with John Randall. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And when we went to the break, we were speaking with Bob about where do we, as Christians and also citizens of a country, any country for that matter, where do we draw the line between what we're, uh, we feel obligated to do or what the Bible says we should do as a citizen versus the overreach of government? Uh, saying that we need to do things that violate our conscience. You know, John, we were talking about the, um, and, um, Bob mentioned the vaccination and we're finding now all kinds of problems into the millions of people who now are contracting all kinds of problems because of it. And of course it was never tested the way it should have been. It was pencil whipped through, uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, to have it approved for, uh, uh, medicine. It was supposed to be observed for 10 years, all these things. None of those things. That was all circumvented because this was considered an emergency, though they had an excuse to do this. I talked to a friend of mine in Idaho who's a uh, nurse at the hospital, and I said, well, how are things at the hospital? You know, this was just not very long ago. I said, are they going up? Uh, COVID cases, are they going down? He says, the only ones we are treating are the ones who have been treated. Uh, the only ones we're treating are the ones that have been vaccinated. Now, this isn't just a, an isolated case here. Remember the Mayo Clinic back east. They fired um, 700 hospital workers, nurses and doctors, because they would not take the vaccination. They fired him. And of course, that left a real shortage of doctors and nurses at the at the hospital. Why is it that the medical field felt there was something so wrong with it that they wouldn't take it and they would rather lose their job than take a vaccination? These are experts. They're not like body and fender guys and bus drivers and stuff like that. These are guys trained in the medical field that will not take the vaccination. So that tells me there was something wrong with it. Now we have people just dropping dead for no reason. Now, I whenever I find somebody that just up and dies, shouldn't have died, when I see um Elvis Presley's daughter that died here a couple weeks ago, it makes me wonder, was this COVID-related? Of course they're not going to tell you because the American news media is in the tank with them you're not going to get any straight answers from the government or from the American news media. There's an old saying, if their lips are moving, they're probably lying. Well, that's the truth. Well, again, when we understand that this is not isolated cases, they actually showed pictures of people right in the middle of football games. Um One girl was, who uh, was kind of a comedian. She was standing on the stage, kind of giving her skit falls down dead, just like that. What it appears is COVID and the, the vaccination. COVID has something to do with our blood, period. Uh, vaccinated or non-vaccinated. I, I got a COVID clot and my heart killed me dead on the doornail for, for two minutes. They brought me back to life. Uh, so if you don't like me, that's okay. Blame the doctors because I want to stay in heaven. But the point was, is that, is that, uh, it has something to do. Covid as well as the vaccination. Well, you've injected this into your body. Now, now, uh, where it rears its ugly head, maybe two years, five years, six months down the road, don't know. We had a, a brother in our church, uh, my assistant pastor in Idaho. His father, uh, needed a back operation and they said, well, we don't want to operate on you unless you've been vaccinated. So he gets vaccinated. He gets a horrible case and dies full of blood clots after he was vaccinated. So when we understand that this is not what they're trying to make it appear to be, um, when I see such a hard sell uh, from the uh, American um, media, you know, got to get vaxxed, got to get vaxxed, got to get vaxxed. And then when all these people are dying of it and they won't report on it, man, I'll tell you something's wrong. There's over. This was a while ago. There was over a million serious cases due to the vaccination. Now that was a while ago. It's probably doubled or tripled now, and that's what they'll report. So it probably is a lot higher than that. So when we really understand there is something not right, and again, when – when the Mayo Clinic, this is, this is one of America's premier hospitals, 700 doctors and nurses wouldn't take it and chose to be fired instead tells me something's not right. And again, it would be different if I could believe the government, but I can't. They let our border be porous and all these uh, tens of thousands of illegals pouring across our border every day automatically put on welfare, they get our free money instead of being deported and fined for breaking into our country illegally, and then to reward them with citizenships? No, I don't think so, friends. That's not the way we do things. You don't break into somebody's country and then they're rewarded with citizenship. It's just not right. And so when we understand what's really, really going on here, Uh, we, we have to be, be very careful. Again, I believe America's in its twilight hours right now, everyone. And I hate to say that, uh, but I I really don't see any way around it. Your borders are overran. You have them spending trillions of dollars, 1.7 trillion in this last omnibus spending bill that no one even knows what's really in the bill. Every one of those topics should have been voted on by the Congress. No, it was just one big old slush bucket of free money. Well, here's the big problem. It just devalued your dollar again. And they're complaining about about inflation. Your inflation is coming from reckless, insane spending. There's nothing to back up your dollar. It's just a printing press running 24 hours a day. Well, again, that's waging war on America's. Waging war on all of you that work, put your money in the bank, put money in a 401k, your retirement. Yes, our current administration's waging heavy warfare on the citizens of America by bankrupting them. Yes, it's fact, not conspiracy, fact, and there's no way around it. And then you couple that with the transgender... uh uh motive that's behind now everything, you you look at it, instead of doing their job, patrolling our borders, and getting out of our kitchen saying we can't have gas stoves, I'll tell you, John, I think we got some really serious, serious problems when China can fly a balloon over, which could have had an EMT device and paralyzed our whole power grid, and we let this thing hang over our country for weeks. What is the logic behind this?
2: John, your thoughts. Well, I'll tell you what. My thoughts, when I see all these things going on, and I just want to say to our listeners, hey, listen, keep looking up, folks. Our redemption is drawing nigh. We're seeing all of the puzzle pieces that the Bible has prophesied coming together. And the Lord told us that these things would happen. We see earthquakes increasing tragic, tragic earthquake there in Turkey and so many people wow, incredible. lost their lives and we need to be praying for them. We see famines, we see pestilence, as has been mentioned. We see war looming going on right now. The news might not be covering it, but Russia and Ukraine, uh, they haven't stopped. They're just reloading. I mean, this is going on. China moving balloons and what does all of this mean? And what about Iran that's quietly and what about uh, Korea, North Korea? I mean, things are going on, folks. And the reason and what about Russia putting subs? You know what's going on? We're getting ready. Jesus is coming soon. And and I believe we need to be looking up our redemption draws nigh. And we're aware of these things. These are what Jesus said are the birth pains. They're happening and we see it and we want to be discerning. Mike, we want to be ready. Jesus is coming.
1: Matthew chapter 24. When you begin to see these things, look up your redemption draws nigh. Why do I bring all this up? We're not in a time like we've always been in this world. Mm -hmm. It's changing. And one of the failures of the people in Noah's day was when the animals were getting on the ark, two by two, after a hundred years of them probably making fun of him. Oh, this big boat's never rained around here before. What are you doing? No, Why don't you turn that into a casino or something, you know, beneficial? Failure to interpret the data at hand. And when you see the animals getting on the ark, and uh, you would say, hey, what's going on here? But they laughed it off just like they're laughing it off today. Friends, again, Jesus said when you begin to see these things, Matthew chapter 24, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Bob, hope that helps.
4: Yeah, it did. I want to thank both of you. You guys are just so, so powerful, and you bring such a wonderful thing to all the people that listen to you that I just pray a special blessing from God over both of you
3: guys.
1: Well, thank you. And, Bob, may the Lord keep you too. Again, we're looking for the upper taker. That's what we're looking for. So stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I think you'll enjoy it and the movie Jesus. Let's go to Lisa, Denver, Colorado. Hi, welcome.
3: Hi, thank you, Pastor Mike. I have a question. We're studying Revelation, and I see uh, two different points where the Jews are fleeing. And one was Zechariah, fourteen one through 4, and the other one was in Matthew. And I'm trying to just— are, One seems to be in the middle of the tribulation and the other is at the end. Is that correct?
2: Okay, John, your thoughts? Well, when I look at Zechariah, for example, Lisa, there uh, in chapter 14, as you mentioned, it says, Behold the day of the Lord coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. I will gather, here it says, all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, houses rivaled, women ravaged, half of the city is going to captivity. He goes on to uh, talk about what's happening. And then he says, Then when this is happening, then the Lord's going to go forth and he is going to fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, He will his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to the west, making a very large valley. I believe that when Jesus comes back, Lisa, when he comes back in his second coming, as Revelation 19 tells us, we know there's going to be the battle of Armageddon. If you were to go to the Valley of Megiddo today, and myself, and uh, many people will be there here in the in next month. You look at it. It's the most peaceful, most verdant valley. It's just beautiful. There, it, it's it's just breathtaking to look at. It's It's hard to imagine that blood is going to be up to the horse's bridle. And that's where the final battle is going to be there in Armageddon. But when Jesus comes back, as all the nations are gathering, he puts his foot on the Mount of Olives. It splits in two. And, and I believe that's exactly what happens. He goes down at the battle of Armageddon, and and it's end. It's it's over with the, with a sharp sword that proceeds out of his mouth. He judges the nations. He kills the antichrist, destroys him, the false prophet, and and takes out in one just with a word all these who stand against him. So I believe that this is um, consistent with what happens during his second coming here in Zechariah. I can see the connection because that's when all of the nations come together to fight against Israel, and then he in turn comes and fights. On behalf of them. And, uh, you know, it's amazing too, Lisa, if I might mention when we were on the Mount of Olives sitting there and we're sitting there looking at the East gate, or at least where they believed it to be. Now it's buried, but you could imagine, um, that you're sitting there and I would tell the people, Hey, listen, you know, right where we're sitting right now in the Mount of Olives, Jesus is going to put his foot here and it's going to be split in two. Can you imagine it? And uh, you know, it's just amazing to think about. So I think you're right in correlating Zechariah as well as the second coming. And M- Mike, your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Because very clearly, if you look at verse three, uh, in this, and I'll just tell you because they're going to come against Jerusalem, all this, uh, the women ravished, all this kind of thing. Verse three, the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. It is a direct following of what you find there. This is at the end of the tribulation period. Now, you're right. There is another fleeing that Jesus said when the abomination, which takes, uh, which makes desolate takes place, and that's where the Antichrist puts It's a picture of himself, he himself, or his name in the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus said, don't even go back into your house to get your coat. Run for the hills. Now, up to maybe 50 years ago, that would have been pretty impossible. But I believe that the Antichrist is fully aware that when, and very possibly, this will be the dedication of the temple that he allowed Israel to build on the temple mount when you figure out how long it'll take him to build it, I would imagine a couple, two, three years, this may very well be the dedication of the temple. He shows up, uh, Oh, he's been invited, but instead of him dedicating the temple, he tells the world that he must be worshipped. He scraps the very religious system, the Chrislam, the coexist, that he invented to unite the world, this man of peace, through religion, now, not, not, uh, uh, going there to, to worship God, but to dec- declare himself that he is God and must be worshiped. The Jewish eyes are open and to run as quickly as you can. Now, I believe that the Antichrist knows that when he makes this declaration that he is God and must be worshiped, I know that he believes that Israel will not buy his chili. I, I believe that they know he's going to be a false prophet. But the Antichrist will not suffer to be humiliated. And so he will bring swift retaliation upon the people of Israel for not calling him God, not worshiping him. Jesus said, run for the hills as quick as you can. Now, up to a few years ago, That type of swift retaliation was pretty much impossible. I mean, you'd have time to go back in, get your coat, you know, get a couple of your valuables, grab a few shuckles, you know, and, and be on your way. Jesus said, don't even go back in to get your coat. So it sounds to me like when Israel rejects him from being God, and again, he will bring swift retaliation, probably a missile strike or something worse Upon uh, the people of Jerusalem, Uh, Jesus said, run. Now, the event that you're reading about here in uh, chapter 14 of Zechariah is three and a half years later. And this is where they come into the valley of Megiddo. They're going to fight. Of course, Jerusalem's right there. They come in, they ravish it, they take advantage of it, uh, they, they conquer it, whatever they're, they're doing. But this is when Jesus comes back with the saints. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be riding with the, with the Lord and we come back with him. Now, what's interesting, the saints never engage in the warfare. If you read this, you'll never find that Jesus and the saints of God fought against those people in the valley. No, not at all. We just get to watch as Jesus lays waste to those kings that come into the valley of Megiddo. They originally come there to fight against each other, but when they see the Lord, they all turn to fight against him. And when it talks about blood, as high as the horse's bridle, most Bible scholars believe that it's going to be such a slaughter that the bodies, and and whether it be the tanks running over people, whether it be horses trampling on the bodies, whatever it is, the blood will be splashing as high as the horse's bridle. That is a bloody battle. And so when you understand how bad it is, Again, Matthew chapter twenty four. Unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh. save man has the capability of completely destroying himself. So I hope that helps, Lisa. It does.
3: It does. Divided it up for me. What's that? I said that did help. It divided it so that I could see it was two separate events, and it must uh, be yes, it,
1: it is. And and the 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 uh, the. Uh, that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, Luke 21, that, I believe, is speaking of the abomination which makes desolate. What you're reading about in Zechariah 14 is at the end at the Valley of Megiddo, the great battle of Armageddon, and where Jesus comes back to break it up before man totally destroys himself. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, DVDs, and the movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Kevin. Las Vegas, I welcome.
4: Hi, thanks for your time. Uh, Two questions on Isaiah. The first one, Isaiah 13, um, verse 8, it talks about how everyone will be amazed and their faces will be as flames of fire. Is that speaking of, of them being in hell?
2: Okay, John, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, Isaiah chapter 13 is actually a word that Isaiah speaks. It's is a fascinating passage, really, uh, because Isaiah, it's a burden against Babylon. And what's fascinating about it is Isaiah is almost a hundred years before Judah finally would fall to Babylon. So he's prophesying before Judah falls to Babylon. And at the time of his prophecy, what's significant is that Babylon, they were, they were a significant nation, but they weren't a world dominating power yet. The Assyrian empire was, was at that point. They were ruling, but Isaiah is prophesying of a day when Babylon is going to come in uh, and they're going to, of course, they're going to carry out uh, Israel out of their land, displace them. But then the Lord who knows the end of all things speaks of the judgment on the pride of Babylon hundreds of years before the judgment comes, even before they are a nation and coming in attacking Israel. But as you go down in that passage, when he talks about the flames of fire, he's talking about the judgment that's going to come upon Babylon. I do not believe that that is a reference to punishment in hell, but I, but I will say this, um, the Bible does speak about hell, that it is a place of eternal fire and torment. And, um, so in that sense, it's similar, uh, that there's fire there and burning. Um, but this is not a reference. I wouldn't cl- classify Isaiah 13 as a reference to, um, hellfire that's coming in the future judgment for the non-believer.
1: Yeah, so, and I agree, uh, that very clearly, and again, you go to the book of Jude, uh, these, uh, people that are wicked, uh, they will, they will suffer the vengeance of eternal fire forever, it says. So mm. the idea that hell is just a flash in the pan, annihilation, as the Jehovah's Witnesses say, not in the Bible. That's made up.
2: And that's and why so, Jesus came, Mike, right? I mean, this, we, he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That was, he no. just came and died so that none should perish. Jesus, I always tell people, Mike, and I know you do too, that Jesus came and died so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. We could go to heaven and to yeah, save sinners. Amen.
1: And, 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 uh, there, by the grace of God, go I, you, and everybody else that's born again. Kevin, I hope that helps. Thank you. May I ask one more question? Sure.
4: Isaiah 18, it talks about the need. When they refer to the need, do you believe they're talking about the Iranian?
2: Okay, John, your thoughts. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. When you start reading prophecy... Uh, you know, what you'll find. And this is something that I think is really important for Bible students and listeners out there. When you're reading through Bible prophecy, you will sometimes see a near fulfillment of a prophecy. And then there will also be, you could go down a few lines or to the next chapter, and then you'll see a future fulfillment of prophecy. And I don't think they always knew exactly what it applied to. So, you know, Isaiah could be prophesying and it's something that's about to happen. Or it's something that's going to happen much later on. For example, Isaiah 7, and and when it talks about, you know, the Lord's going to give you a sign, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Well, when's that happening? Well, that's not happening till centuries later, but he's prophesying it in the moment. So the Medes, well, that was a real time right then. That was a group of people. But the people that are mentioned in the Bible are still, many of them, people groups today, just by a, a different name. You think about Persia, and you think about now being modern day Iran, and you think about, uh, the correlation there. They have different names in the Old Testament, but they have, uh, they are the current names of, of today. I hope that helps. Mike, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. And, and again, I, I, when the Bible uses the word Persia, that is the old, uh, borders of the Persian Empire, which was Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, uh, Joe Biden gave to Afghanistan $80 billion worth of our latest technology, Apache helicopters and everything, of course, which could be sold to the Chinese for reverse engineering to know how to build one and also how to compromise what we built. Uh, pretty scary stuff when you really think about it. Nobody in the right mind would do this. But, no, we are equipping heavily uh, the terrorists there in the Middle East and, uh, again, and leaving our American citizens behind. (laughs) They're still there. So, Kevin, hope that helps.
4: It did a lot. Thank you very much. God bless you both.
1: Stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Jerry Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi there, Mike. Uh, Thank you for having me on the program. Hey, Mike, I just want to make a comment in regards to you were talking about the vaccines. And I just yes. heard that the prince, the princess in Thailand went into a coma after receiving her third vaccine and then died. And mm-hmm. Thailand is uh, getting ready. Their king was uh, given information from a doctor, Bhakti, if I got his name right. They're going to shut down the vaccine in Thailand is what I'm just hearing so I would just uh, say trust and verify my story, but I believe it to be true. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because, again, there's something wrong. And, again, the billions of dollars that were made on this deal, ooh, sweet. so they killed everybody. So I don't know, friends. I mean, I don't know. They, they say that if you get COVID, get over it, you're better immunized than you would ever be that if you got a shot. Of course you have all these different variants coming out. Kind of scary. John, any last thoughts?
2: I, I agree with you, Mike. I think people need to know and, and there's too much information coming out now, uh, for people. And, and this is, it was a deception and people were being deceived and still to this day people are being deceived. But Mike, we need to be discerning. That's why we need to know the truth. It's the truth that sets us free.
1: And by the way that story uh Jerry is accurate. Uh one of our one of our team there at CSN fact checked it and it is true. And so yeah, Thailand has thrown out the vaccine. It it doesn't do good things for people. So just to let you know that. And um Jerry, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Stay online, Jerry, send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. For all those listening in the Las Vegas area, we're working on our station there, so you might find it a little wonky here and there, but we're working on it. Keep praying, and we'll do that. And then uh, all of those that didn't get on, listen, you call back first thing tomorrow. I'll put you on first thing, no waiting, guaranteed. And, John, I just want to especially thank you. We're living in exciting times. That's right. Hey, remember tonight, the dog and pony show. Um don't wanna miss that. <laughs> anyway, keep looking up, friends, our redemption draws night. Thanks, John. Look forward to being back with you. God bless you. And good night.
2: To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin
5: Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226